Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number 877-381-3811. The Democrat Party has a permanent mob. A permanent mob that it turns on and turns off at will. And you're seeing it in place again. A front group called Ruth sent us, meaning Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who herself trashed the, the so-called constitutional rationale of Roe versus Wade in 1992 and thereafter. Ruth sent us is a dark money-backed front group that has put out the addresses, the home address of six justices, the six Republican justices and is encouraging people to protest at their homes and offering them stipends if they need money to get to the protests. Isn't this something the Federal Bureau of Investigation should be looking into? Or the U.S. Marshals? Rather than trespassers and paraders on the grounds of the Capitol building? We have people threatening directly not trespassing, threatening directly the safety and the role of six Supreme Court justices. Protest at their homes, they say. This permanent mob. The Democrat Party was born in violence in many ways, born in hate, born in racism and bigotry. The Democrat Party was the party of the Confederacy 
the party of slavery, the party of segregation, the party of Jim Crow, and all the rest of it. And now it's the party of American Marxism. Never the party of Americanism. Never the party of liberty. Never the party of constitutionalism. If I'm wrong, prove it. The Democrat Party and the American Marxist movement are one and the same. Those of you who've read American Marxism. So they, as I said in chapter two, they breed these mobs. Which they turn on. And turn off as at will. And they go to the microphone and they scream at the top of their lungs, lying about a court decision, lying about so many things. Signaling to the mob the time has come. Chuck Schumer is the only senator I know in modern times who's literally threatened two U.S. Supreme Court justices, for which there was no accountability whatsoever. None. And the Democrats have a mantra now. They don't care about the leak. They care about the draft decision. It's the same mantra you hear in the media. And don't be surprised that they're one and the same. Almost a century ago, the French philosopher and essayist, Julian Benda, genius, observed that mass movements form frequently around individuals who share the same political hatred. He said, thanks to the progress of communication and still more to the group spirit, it's clear that the holders of the same political hatred now form a compact, impassioned mass. Every individual which feels himself in touch with the infinite numbers of others, whereas a century ago, such people were comparatively out of touch with each other and hatred in a scattered way. It may be asserted that these coherences will tend to develop still further. For the will to group is one of the most profound characteristics of the modern world, which even in the most unexpected domains, for instance, the domain of thought, is more and more becoming the world of leagues, of unions, and of groups. It is necessary to say that the passion of the individual is strengthened, by feeling itself in proximity to those thousands of similar passions. The individual bestows a mystic personality on the association of which he feels himself a member and gives it a religious adoration, which is simply the deification of his own passion and no small stimulus to its intensity. And Benda also concluded that such movements are often cult-like, he said the coherence just described might be called a surface coherence, but there is added to it a coherence of essence for the very reason that the holders of the same political passion form a more compact, impassioned group. They also form a more homogeneous, impassioned group, in which the individual ways of feeling disappear. The zeal of each member more and more takes on the color of the others. Groups. Folks versus groups. The fanatic comes from all walks of life because that's what we're talking here now about this abortion issue. Why? Because anybody who wants an abortion in this country 
can get one, regardless if this is the ruling, paid for by Uncle Sam. That's the bottom line. The fanatic comes from all walks of life and all backgrounds. For example, multi-billionaire George Soros pours enormous sums of money into radical causes and groups. Professional athletes such as Colin Kaepernick and LeBron James are vociferous vilifiers and disparagers of American society. Many college and university professors are purveyors of revisionist American history and radical anti-American ideologies. College and university students from middle class and wealthy families are increasingly militant opponents of the civil society. And of course, various communities are ever more radicalized by racial, economic, educational, and other distinctions and disparities. As I explained in American Marxism. But like Benda, Eric Hoffer sees the fanatic in these mass movements as centered on an intense, if not obsessive, hatred. He said passionate hatred could give meaning and purpose to an empty life. Thus, people haunted by the purposelessness of their lives try to find a new content, not only by dedicating themselves to a holy cause, but also by nursing a fanatical grievance. A mass movement offers them unlimited opportunities for both. Indeed, the dangerousness of this hatred, I point out, when tied to a cause, can have calamitous social and human consequences. It leads to scapegoating, balkanization, violence, and in more aggressive forms, ethnic cleansing. More broadly and simultaneously, this hatred seeks to malign, debase, debauch, and ultimately topple the status quo and the civil society. And that's what you're seeing. That's what you're seeing. And so, as I will explain as the program goes on, Sam Alito specifically is now being targeted as a lightning rod. A United States Supreme Court justice. Think about that. Think about that. These liberal groups, they're dark money, these front groups, calling for protests at the homes of the Supreme Court justices nominated by Republicans. Democrats in Congress call for expanding the Supreme Court, packing it. Democrats in Congress call for eliminating the filibuster so there's nothing between them and their agenda. A huge fence is put up at the United States Supreme Court to do what, folks? To protect the justices, to protect the court itself. The mob has been signaled. And I will tell you when we come back whom specifically is calling out the mob and will be responsible for any of violence, any violence that follows. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. 
These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Now, who is encouraging protests and uprisings and insurrections and even violence, potentially? Remember when I said so many times in the past that the real insurrectionists are serving in Congress, in the media, in academia, in entertainment? It is they who seek to overthrow the culture and the civil society in this country and our governing system. I see that's been picked up by virtually every single commentator. But that's okay. But here what I'm telling you is they have their, their permanent ready-made mob. Whether it's attacking cops. Whether it's attacking Trump and his supporters. Now six Republican Supreme Court justices. Let's take a look at this. Cut one, go. We landed there to the horror of the Supreme Court draft of a decision that was an assault on women, lack of respect for women and their judgment, but it was a did violence not only to women, but to the Constitution of the United States. In case you haven't read the draft, it's a situation where they mock the former Chief Justice when Roe v. Wade was decided nearly 50 years ago. They mock it. They say privacy, they undermine it as a, as a value in the Constitution. Precedent, forget about it. All right, a couple of things. You notice the language she uses. They did violence. Not only to women, but to the Constitution. It's an assault on women. Now, the violence and the assault is being done to the baby. That's number one. Number two, I will say it for the 4,000th time. Any woman in this country who wants to get an abortion will get an abortion. Paid for by the U.S. taxpayer if they want it. But what's all this talk about women now? Wasn't it just the other week where we're not allowed to reference women because we don't have a binary situation when it comes to men and women? That it's a discriminatory term? We had an OMB director say birthing people, but quite frankly, more accurately, if you're a Democrat, it should be aborting people. Now that said, now all of a sudden, they can't stop talking about women. When before, they refused to talk about women. You needed to use pronouns. And you couldn't define a woman. Even if you're a nominee to the United States Supreme Court, you can't define a woman. You can't give a definition. Now, every woman has been assaulted. Violence has been done to every woman. 
according to Pelosi, who apparently represents every woman in the country. Apparently, every woman in the country agrees with the most radical view of abortion on the planet. Abortion right up to the last second. There's not a single reporter who's smart enough to confront somebody like this and say, you have states that go well beyond Roe versus Wade, well beyond the Casey decision out of Pennsylvania. Do you agree with that? Do you think states should be able to decide that one second before birth you can have an abortion even though the science tells us that's a baby? There's not a reporter around who dares to ask that question. Because it puts the lie to the whole argument. But that said, Nancy Pelosi has no problem with the leak. Now, when she has confidential meetings with her chairman comrades, she expects them to remain confidential. They don't care about the institutions, ladies and gentlemen. And so she is now signaled to the mob. She is signaled to the permanent ready-made mob in the Democrat Party on the Marxist left. That violence was done to women, that the court assaulted women. And what are you going to do about it? And then the dark money shows up and the front group shows up. Ruth sent us with the addresses of six justices appointed by Republicans. Telling people. You need to. You need to protest at their personal private homes. And if you can't afford to get there, we will pay for it. Where's the condemnation of this? Joe Biden won't condemn it. He won't condemn the leak. Now, she also says they say privacy. They undermine it. How do they undermine privacy? They specifically say in the opinion, I read it over and over and over again behind this microphone on Fox, on Levin TV, that they're not addressing privacy, that they're not addressing marriage, that they're not addressing any of these other issues. They say it over and over again. But Pelosi's mob needs to be angry if it's to be violent. And so they're going to continue to say this. They are not debating the first draft of the Supreme Court majority opinion. They are debating something that they are concocting. More when I return. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. 
To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Mark Levin, the research arm of conservative media. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Pramila Jayapal, if that is how you pronounce her name, I believe she represents Seattle. Certainly big chunks of it. And so she's a star on CNN and MSNBC because she's an utter crackpot. Head of the progressive wing of the Democrat Party in the House. In other words, a Marxist, in my humble opinion. Listen to her genius. Cut to go. These justices are acting like this is somehow something that they have the right to change. They do not have the right to change this, which has been settled law for two generations now of people who have grown up, who have gone through their 20s in the firm belief that they can make these decisions about their own bodies. The only they thing still they- can. Hello, hello, hello. To my grave regret, they still can make these decisions, and it's not just about their own body. It's about the body of another person, you nitwit. Now that said, that said, anybody who wants an abortion... In the United States of America, will and can get an abortion, even if they're illegal aliens, even if they're penniless. Period. The only issue before this court is and was whether the federal constitution says anything about this subject, you idiot. Go ahead is the makeup of the Supreme Court, the radicalization of the Supreme Court. What does that mean, the makeup of the Supreme Court? White supremacists? Is that what it means? Aren't you sick of these racists? These out-of-the-closet, Marxist, racist? Haven't you had enough of it? It was a white guy that wrote the case in Roe v. Wade. It was another white guy who wrote the case in Casey. What about them? White guys. Were they racist too? Now she asks, this is settled law. This is a precedent. They can't just change these things. She's such a moron. Was Dred Scott's settled law, ladies and gentlemen? that attempted to enshrine slavery? Was the Civil War wrong, which resulted in part as a result of that Supreme Court decision? Plessy versus Ferguson at the end of the 19th century. Separate but equal is equal. Wasn't that decision wrong too? And yet, if we followed precedent we'd still have segregation. Then came the decision, 9-0, Brown versus Board of Education. Was that okay? That Brown versus Board of Education reversed Plessy? People were getting used to it, though, according to her. People in their 20s had gone through it. So what? Precedent is not sacrosanct. The Constitution is. 
justices are human beings. Sometimes they're wrong. Sometimes matters need to be corrected. Now, she knows that, but she only wants them, quote-unquote, corrected if it pushes the American Marxist agenda across the board. Otherwise, the court needs to be condemned. Otherwise, the court shouldn't have that power. Otherwise, we need to change the filibuster rule on the Senate to ram through what the Democrats want. This is not the United States or the Democrat Party. This is the United States of America. And they don't get to screw with our Constitution or our institutions only because they want their ends. Period. Despite the fact that they have a permanent at the ready mob. Now let's continue. Carolyn Maloney, a.k.a. Carolyn Baloney, represents a good chunk of Manhattan, New York. So I'm sure she speaks for all women all over the country. Again, what I'm pointing out here is the people who are trying to create anarchy protests, and will accept violence as a consequence of what they're saying and the way they're saying it, and could give a damn about our institutions. They never did. That's what critical race theory is all about. Cut three, go. Access to abortion is a freedom that is essential for Americans' ability to control their own bodies and to decide their own future. Only some Americans, the Americans who are aborted, have no vote, have no say, have no lobby, have no Democrats in their corner. Just to, just to be clear, as I keep saying, that's a baby. It's, it's not a salami sandwich. Go ahead. One in four women in the United States will have an abortion in their lifetime. But with a hostile Supreme Court, Extremist state governments are no longer chipping away at constitutional rights. They are bulldozing right through them. We must take bold action to protect and expand abortion care rights and access. I don't know what that even means. Abortion's not in the Constitution, so how can you even call it a right under the federal Constitution if it doesn't exist? Now, free speech exists under the First Amendment of the Constitution, but they don't have a problem. They don't have a problem with the Ministry of Truth and all the rest of it. That's okay. The right to bear arms is in the Constitution. That's okay. Right? Attacking that. Sure. Due process rights, even for paraders and trespassers on January 6th. They shouldn't be violated, but apparently that's okay. I want to remind you yet again, there's a lot on the plate here. That what she's arguing for and what the Democrats are arguing for and what their mob is arguing for is not Roe versus Wade. It's not even Casey. It's well beyond it. They want to federalize, federalize, make it a constitutional federal right to abort babies one second before birth. Roe doesn't say that, and Casey doesn't say that. No court opinion says that. No Supreme Court opinion. Unbelievable. Now the fake governor of New York, fake governor because she's not elected, Kathy, however the hell, Hochul, Kathy Hochul, 
She's on MSNBC today. So you have MSNBC, CNN, the New York Times, the Washington, all the rest calling out the mob. Come on, mob, let's go. Calling out the pitchforks. Cut four, go. Abortion is on the ballot now. Seismic Wait shifts. a minute. Abortion's on the ballot now? This is perplexing, is it not, Mr. Producer? I thought they're demanding that the Supreme Court order abortion on demand in every village, town, city in America. That's not on the ballot. And yet in every state it can be on the ballot. Or in every state you have representatives in your state legislatures, which is where these decisions are made. So they can't even make up their mind, is it on the ballot or not? And they don't even care about the ballot, ladies and gentlemen. If you live in a state and it's on the ballot and you vote against abortion or aspects of abortion, they're saying that's illegitimate. So they don't believe that it's on the ballot either. They seek to impose their will one way or another and burn down anyone or any institution that disagrees with them. The mob. Go ahead. Abortion is on the ballot now. Seismic shift in people's attitudes and what's at stake on Election Day, as they saw those who did not show up on Election Day in 2016 or those. Uh, You're rambling, idiot. You're rambling, idiot. Kristen Gillibrand, who was in the House of Representatives as a moderate Democrat. Now she's another radical kook. Cut five. Go. And I hope every human being in this country understands that when you take away a woman's right to make her decisions about her health. Who took away a woman's right to make decisions? Who took away a woman's right to make decisions? Nobody. Nobody. Including abortion. Who took that right away? What are they talking about? Because it's not in the federal constitution. And they don't even like the constitution, remember? It was written by a bunch of slave owners, they say. So I'm, I'm again confused. Not because I don't hear what they say, because they are incoherent. Go ahead. Well-being. She is no longer a full citizen. She's she- yiping out, yelling out to the mob. You're not a full citizen. You're a secondary citizen, a second-class citizen. Come out. Come to the streets. Go ahead. She no longer has freedom. She no longer has bodily autonomy. She no Why longer has... Why not? What are you talking about? Bodily autonomy. Wasn't she one of the ones demanding a mandate on vaccines, Mr. Producer? What do you mean bodily autonomy? You Democrats gave that up a long time ago. If you mean abortion, yes. Yes. She can have an abortion. And notice how these women who are so caring, may I call them women? Notice how these women who are so caring not once talk about the baby. Even the last second before birth, they see no limits. They want no limits. 
That's not a choice. That's not bodily autonomy. That's murder. It's too bad that we don't have a documentary on our network TV programs or our cable TV programs showing what it means to have, quote-unquote, choice and bodily autonomy one second before the birth of the baby. It's too bad we don't have that to look at. It's too bad we don't have scientists and medical personnel, enough of them, with integrity who will tell you, yes, that's a baby! Then we have the nuts of all the nuts. Senator Maisie Hirono. Cut six, go. You know, I am just gobsmacked. I hardly know where to begin. You're gobsmacked? That explains it. Doesn't that explain it, Mr. Producer? I was wondering what was wrong with her. She's gobsmacked. Go ahead. Republicans don't give a rip about women. They are more... There you go, folks. Republicans don't give a rip about women. Now, are any of you women Republicans, by the way? You have a lot of wonderful marriages out there. You husbands, you care about your women. Women? I thought they're not supposed to say the word women. That they couldn't define women. That they're undermining womanhood. Really? We're the ones who are fighting for the rights of women. We're the ones who are fighting for women athletes. We're the ones fighting to keep women out of the draft. We don't give a damn about women. You don't give a damn about women or babies. Because to jerks like you, women aren't women and babies aren't babies. How sick is that? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why in Primus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty is so important. In Primus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. I see the promos being run about uh, about my show. Uh, excuse me. I see the promos about my show that's coming Sunday. And they're being promoted as Mark Levin attacks media bias. Actually, I do more than that. I specifically focus in on the New York Times. I want to be abundantly clear about this. I am focused on the New York Times, not the media generally, which I'm happy to do. But I've done an enormous amount of research on the New York Times. So the promos that are being run are not really as accurate as I would like them to be. Not attacking anyone, this is the way it goes. What I'm telling you is, 
You really should watch Sunday's show. It's very, very important. The New York Times has gotten away with cover-ups and censorship for too long. And somebody has to have the guts to not just accuse them of it, but to show you it. And so this shouldn't be watered down as just an attack on the media, creating some kind of ambiguity. No. This is a direct torpedo hit into the side of the New York Times using scholars, professors, researchers, experts, and me pulling it together. So I just want to make that abundantly clear. So we will not post that promo, Mr. Producer. We will wait. We have a lot of big issues here, ladies and gentlemen, where the Democrats are trying to distract you. So if you're listening to this program and you want an abortion, there's no reason to be all worked up. I would have you think about it very, very seriously. But in terms of access, it hasn't changed at all. Now, we have some big problems here. I want to talk about the food issue and the energy issue. Because it's going to get much, much worse. I just want to prepare you for this. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number... 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. I ask you, the citizens of the United States, is this what you want? Is this what you want? Your borders wide open with people pouring into the country, millions of people, truly, some of whom are extraordinarily violent, Sex trafficking like we've never seen before. Fentanyl coming into our cities, killing our young people at rates we've never seen before. Overwhelming our welfare system, our health system, local law enforcement and our school systems. Is this what you want? The debasing of the dollar. The debasing of the dollar. By massive government spending in one year, like we've never seen in American history. Ostensibly to fight the virus. When hundreds of billions of dollars went to Democrat Party operatives, like the teachers unions, radical left-wing groups, Democrat states that have spent themselves into near bankruptcy, nothing to do with the virus. Trillions of dollars 
Is this what you want? Sitting on the edge of your chair, wondering if they're going to spend five or six trillion more on top of what they've already spent. Which would push this nation, I am absolutely certain, into a depression. Is this what you want? The war, the constant war on our constitutional construct. The independence of the Supreme Court long before the outrageous leak of this first draft. Threatening Supreme Court justices from the Democrat leader. Threatening the court with packing the court. Is this what you want? Centralizing and nationalizing the voting system. Eliminating voter ID in every town, city, village, and state in this country. Ensuring that there will be fraud. Allowing Democrats to make last-second decisions on what the voting laws say. Is that what you want? Crime. Unbridled crime. Murder in the streets. Like we've never seen before in this country. From sea to shining sea. People breaking into homes. Breaking into businesses. In the middle of the day. Stealing, beating, shooting people. Is that what you want? Is that what you want? Abortion on demand, compelled by a federal Supreme Court, requiring every state to provide abortion up to the last second, partial birth abortion. When everybody knows that's a viable baby. Going much further than Roe v. Wade and Casey ever went. Is that what you want? Elizabeth Warren calling the shots. Chuck Schumer calling the shots. Joe Biden calling the shots. Kamala Harris calling the shots. Is that what you want? A standing mob backed by billionaires and millionaires and dark money funneled into these groups so you can't tell who's doing this. Threatening public officials if they don't if they don't bow to the demands of the Democrat Party mob. Is this what you want? Now, I don't think this is what you want, but this is what we have. This is where we are today. Because the Democrat Party controls all levers of elected government. Both houses of the Congress, the White House. And of course, they control the permanent bureaucracy. They are demanding to eliminate the filibuster rule. Because they do not want something like an election 
to get in the way of their momentary control. It's 50-50 in the Senate, with the vice president voting to break any ties. 50-50 in the Senate. They want to be able to fundamentally alter this society, the government, the culture, with a 50-50 Senate and a four-vote majority in the House. They know what we know. Freedom once lost is typically lost forever. It's certainly much harder to claw it back. Programs are created. Decisions are made. Cultures are changed. How effective have we been? How effective have the Republicans been at reversing course? Not effective in the least. The Democrat Party and the Marxist movement controls the media. They control almost all of big tech except for one company, and they think that's one too many. Twitter. They can't wait for the day where they can shut me down in conservative talk radio. And they're busy pressuring cable companies to deplatform Fox. Even though they control 98% of all media platforms, all news platforms. It's not enough. It's not enough. They lie over and over again. What's causing inflation? Pick any of the five, but don't pick Biden or the Democrat Party or spending, which of course is the reason. They lie and lie about energy. Energy costs are literally going through the roof. I mean, I was watching yesterday and today. Where I live, it went up five cents in one day. And it's going up five cents every other day. And we're lucky to have it. How did we get to this place from energy independence? 18 short months ago under Trump. Because they've destroyed our fossil fuel industries. And they can't fix it because they're ideologically incapable of fixing it. They'd rather talk to Venezuela and Saudi Arabia, which apparently are more ideologically in sync with the Democrat Party. Than even our oil businesses. They want us to use pronouns. So we don't identify each other. Is Mr. and Mrs., him or her, he or she. And yet they don't. When it comes to aborting babies, all they ever talk about are women. Women, 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 women. Can you define a woman? No. But it's women, 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 women. The insanity. The insanity, the evilness of these people knows no limits. Right up to the leaking of this first draft. They weren't defining women. They weren't defending women. They were were destroying women's sports. They were saying using the word women is discriminatory against 
people who are transitioning or non-women and the genitalia is between the ears and not between the legs. The whole women's movement was going down on the Titanic Biden. Now all of a sudden they stand for women's rights. Every single woman in the country is represented by Biden and Schumer and Pelosi and the radicals. Every woman in the country. Really? Then they say they're taking away a woman's right to choose. The sickening dehumanization of a baby. It's a choice. That's all. Just a choice. You're not opposed to choices, are you? It's a woman's body. You're not opposed to a woman being in control of her own body as opposed to somebody else, are you? It's a privacy right, don't you know? Well, what about the baby's body? What about the baby who's incapable of choosing? What about the baby's privacy right? That's not a baby. So the woman's not a woman unless they want the woman to be a woman. And the baby's not a baby unless they have some program where they want to redistribute wealth. But otherwise, it's not a baby. Even if the science says it's a baby. You have a right to have control over your own body. Except, of course, when it comes to vaccines and masks. When it comes to abortion. We must dehumanize the baby. They are so radical, so extreme. They go far beyond Roe versus Wade. I'm the first one to explain this. It's about time some of the legal analysts and the backbenchers get with it. They're going beyond Roe versus Wade. They're going beyond Casey. In many of these states, should we outlaw that? Should we outlaw that? If they don't believe in states' rights... Well, maybe we ought to outlaw it as a national matter, huh? That would be my view. Wouldn't it be your view? It wouldn't be constitutional. That's the problem. But if that's the view of the Constitution, that sword swings in both directions. You watch these fools on TV, whether they're hosts or reporters, so-called, or experts. That's a joke. Or read what they have to say in these phony columns, these editorials, and even these news items. They're lying. And this is exactly why, ladies and gentlemen, this is exactly why my entire show on Sunday takes on the biggest bully of them all, the New York Times. I'm doing this for all of us. I do it in one hour. Honestly, I need multiple hours, but I do it in one hour. I strongly encourage you to tape this if you can't watch it live. And gather around the television set. I already recorded this because I have no guest, it's just me. And I spent a lot of time on this. Won't be a lot of fancy guests, won't be a lot of fancy stuff. You'll just need to sit and watch it and take it in. Because this is what I do. And that's the nature of the format that I've chosen to host. No guests, just you and me. I'll be right back. (laughs) 
Stop paying for Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile social initiatives. Stop paying for their thousands of retail stores across the country that you never go to. Stop paying for their added perks that you never use. Pure Talk doesn't charge you for any of that garbage. Instead, they give you excellent 5G coverage on the same 5G network as one of those big guys. For half the cost, the average family saving over $800 a year. Now, I made the switch, and it's the best decision you'll ever make. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get great deals on a new phone, like a Samsung Galaxy 5G for less than $2 a month. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. Or choose unlimited data, and you'll still save a fortune. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Planned Parenthood was behind the whole strategy to bring us to the point of abortion. Cecil Richards is former president of Planned Parenthood, so she's brought on to MSNBC by Nicole Wallace. Nicole Wallace is a complete reprobate, and she, of course, has found out that she can make a hell of a lot more money swinging left, which is what she's done. Cut eight, go. I wonder your thought on this characterization of the Republican Party and its current incarnation as the most extreme political organization in history all right let's stop the republican party the most extreme political organization in history see those are fighting words she is signaling to the mob to get out there get in people's faces and even get violent why is it that these these hosts are never held to account nicole wallace is saying the republican party is the most extreme political organization in history in history. Now she's clearly one of the stupidest human beings to ever walk on the face of the earth on two feet, which means one day she might be on the view to join the other stupidest human beings to ever walk on earth and with two feet. But that said, the Republican Party, because it supports liberty, at least when it's conducting itself in a proper way, supports liberty, securing the border, the Constitution, the Declaration, the cops, a strong military, a moral code, and so forth, is the most extreme political organization in history. We are standing up against these Marxist movements, whether it's the racist critical race theory, whether it is the war on the nuclear family, whether it is war on capitalism, We're standing up for separation of powers and not the centralization of government. And we're the most extreme political organization in history. Has this sickening, pathetic fraud ever heard of the Nazis? Does she know anything about history? Has she ever heard of the Democrat Party? That fought for slavery? And segregation? They put people on platforms like this? 
on MSNBC and CNN that are owned by these massive multinational globalist corporations? Comcast. This is a Comcast-owned station. And so here comes the president of Planned Parenthood. I wonder what she's going to say. Is the Republican Party the most extreme political organization in history? Go. Well, I certainly agree with that that um, characterization. I, and oh, I agree. she certainly agrees with that characterization. We subsidize this organization, Planned Parenthood, with our tax dollars. And try to stop it. You'll see the uproar. The uproar. You wonder why the left is violent? You wonder why in the summer of 2020 the left was violent? It's people, because, people like Nicole Wallace. It's people like Nancy Pelosi. It's people like Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden. When you talk about When you talk about people you disagree with this way, and you're sending signals, ooh, dog whistles, more than dog whistles, big-time signals, telling your mob, your permanent mob, your ready-made mob to get out there, get in their face. Well, that's what the mob is going to do. I'll be right back. Stop paying for Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile social initiatives. Stop paying for their thousands of retail stores across the country that you never go to. Stop paying for their added perks that you never use. Pure Talk doesn't charge you for any of that garbage. Instead, they give you excellent 5G coverage on the same 5G network as one of those big guys. For half the cost, the average family saving over $800 a year. Now, I made the switch, and it's the best decision you'll ever make. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get great deals on a new phone, like a Samsung Galaxy 5G for less than $2 a month. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. Or choose unlimited data, and you'll still save a fortune. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. This is the Ministry of Truth. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Well, I said I was going to talk about food prices and gasoline prices, and I will. But I meant to do something else first. Little Dick Durbin. From the land of Lincoln. Boy, have we fallen. Little Dick on Capitol Hill Durbin with reporters today. So now they're trashing Alito. Alito is the lightning rod. Alito is the focus. A few weeks ago, it was Clarence Thomas and his wife, Jenny. Now it's Alito. Notice it's never the leftists on the court. No, no, no. We have movies about RBG. We even have initials for her. And we have initials now for Jackson, too. I forget what they are. Whatever. So now Alito is the lightning rod because he dares... KBJ, oh, KBJ. Screw that. Anyway, here's Dick Durbin. But reporters on Capitol Hill, cut nine, go. 
I asked Alito the question on, and he was not clear or honest with me uh, so many years ago, 15 or 16 years ago. And now you listen to some of these uh, people and when they come before the committee and then look at what they do on the court, and you think they misled us. They led us to believe this was settled law and it wasn't a big deal and it was precedent and stare decisis. We hear all those words. Oh, well, I won't be an activist judge. And then they get into the court and obviously flip and go the opposite way. See, according to Durbin, reversing Dred Scott it was an activist court. Reversing Plessy versus Ferguson was an activist court. Rejecting the Korematsu decision and rounding up Japanese Americans and putting them in internment camps, that was an activist court. Apparently it was an activist court, you see, that they rejected those, those decisions. Because once a court makes a decision, that's it, apparently. That's it. So he's a fool. He knows that's not true. And Alito and Kavanaugh and the others, they weren't saying that the Supreme Court can't change a position on Roe or anything else. What they're talking about with precedent is the impact on the lower courts. It's settled law that district courts have to rule in a way that follows the Supreme Court decision. The circuit court's the same thing. But the idea that a factual case comes before the court and the justices can't look at those facts and change their mind or apply the Constitution where it wasn't applied before is preposterous. And they know it. So Mike Lee has to educate little Dick Durbin. Cut 10, go. Stunned a moment ago, Mr. Chairman, when I, perhaps I misunderstood you. I hope I did. I, I thought I heard you suggesting that Justice Alito had somehow been deceptive or dishonest in his testimony before the committee. I remember when he gave that testimony. And as you recited it now, he's correctly characterizing the standard under stare decisis. Stare decisis, of course, uh, we have to remember, is not an inexorable command. Far from it. Dealing with diminished standards of deference to stare decisis, to precedent, when we're dealing with the provision of the Constitution. Stare decisis takes generally the approach that it's better to have things settled, uh, than settled right. Now, that's the general principle. But it has limits. One of those limits is that, uh, you know, it's one thing to follow precedent when you're interpreting a statute. A statute can be changed. The Constitution can't be changed except under the very rigorous standards outlined by the Constitution, and that's why it's difficult. It's intentionally difficult. That's also why we give diminished deference to precedent under the doctrine of stare decisis when it comes to a provision of the Constitution. Cut. Well, let's continue here. Mike Lee was a law clerk. Josh Hawley was a law clerk. The brain power on the Republican side is very significant. On the Democrat side, uh... They either need plates in their heads or they have plates in their heads. Now, here's Ted Cruz taking on what Schumer and White House had said earlier in the day, basically about changing the makeup of the court. Cut 11, go. Chuck Schumer stood on the steps of the Supreme Court in a direct effort to try to intimidate the justices of the court. The words he said, quote, I want to tell you Gorsuch. 
I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. A direct threat to individual justices. Vote the way I want you to or you won't know what hits you. And let's stop there for a moment. Is that not encouraging violence against Supreme Court justices? Is not in, that not encouraging the disruption of the functioning of the third branch of the federal government, the court system? In this case, the Supreme Court? Is there a reason why the U.S. Attorney's Office in Washington, D.C. and the Criminal Division of Washington, D.C. didn't investigate Chuck Schumer the way they're investigating people on the January 6th uh, protests? Chuck Schumer did far more than many of the people who are being prosecuted. He specifically threatened two Supreme Court justices. This is more than a mere matter of ethics. If in fact, if in fact, we're now prosecuting people for obstructing an official proceeding, is there a reason why Chuck Schumer is still walking free? Is there a reason why Chuck Schumer hasn't been charged? Is there a reason why there's not a grand jury investigating Chuck Schumer? Is there a reason why Chuck Schumer isn't sitting in the same Washington, D.C. jail facility as dozens of others? I want you to listen to this again. I am as serious as a heart attack. And trust me, I've had one, so I know what I'm talking about. Start at the top, because Cruz is right on. Cut 11, go. Chuck Schumer stood on the steps of the Supreme Court in a direct effort to try to intimidate the justices of the court. The words he said, quote, I want to tell you. So let's hear, let's hear, let's hear directly exactly what Chuck Schumer said. Go from Louisiana to Missouri to Texas. Republican legislatures are waging a war on women, all women. And they're taking away fundamental rights. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. That man should be in jail. I thought precedent meant something. Hundreds of people have been charged, or at least scores, for obstructing official proceedings. For obstructing official proceedings. Isn't that this? Back to Ted Cruz, go. Chuck Schumer stood on the steps of the Supreme Court in a direct effort to try to intimidate the justices of the court. The words he said, quote, I want to tell you Gorsuch, I want to tell you Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. A direct threat to individual justices. Vote the way I want you to or you won't know what hit you. By the way, that same 
effort of intimidation was also reflected in a brief filed by Senator Whitehouse and others that stated, quote, perhaps the court can heal itself before the public demands it be restructured in order to reduce the influence of politics. Those threats have manifested in multiple Senate Democrats threatening to pack the court to add four new left-wing justices and increase it from nine justices to 13 justices. Mm-hmm. You don't hear Republicans doing this thing, even though they're the most dangerous organization in history. You don't hear Republicans doing any of this. These are very, very grave times, America. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Stop paying for Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile social initiatives. Stop paying for their thousands of retail stores across the country that you never go to. Stop paying for their added perks that you never use. Pure Talk doesn't charge you for any of that garbage. Instead, they give you excellent 5G coverage on the same 5G network as one of those big guys. For half the cost, the average family saving over $800 a year. Now, I made the switch, and it's the best decision you'll ever make. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get great deals on a new phone, like a Samsung Galaxy 5G for less than $2 a month. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. Or choose unlimited data, and you'll still save a fortune. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. By the way, there's a lot of coverage of this six foot nine white guy who murder suspect or convicted of murder or something and he escaped his prison because a a woman five foot five uh, who worked at the prison was a prison guard I guess uh, she was romantically in love with him and apparently and they uh, and they left in a car so he's out so I said to Mr. Producer, not to make light of this, what's all the fuss about? A murderer gets out. It's like uh, another day in the city with some left-wing judge, some quote-unquote bail reform, where a murderer gets out. Now the problem with this knucklehead is he didn't go through the process. I'm sure there would have been a judge somewhere who would have let him out. Here's what I want you to think about. Not panic. Just think about it because you still have time. I am predicting that there will be periods of some food shortages. I'm not saying you're going to starve to death. I'm just saying some of the things you're used to may not be available. Or, and, some of the things you're used to just may be prohibitively expensive. You need to keep that in mind as you plan ahead now. You know how people in hurricane areas and other areas where nature can be harsh, depending on the season and so forth, 
They have to plan ahead for hurricanes and so forth. Folks, you need to plan ahead for this. I know a small publishing company that can't get paper right now, so they have to put the publishing of their books off to July. The price of meat is going to continue to go up substantially. Farmers are planting about 20% less wheat and corn seed than is really needed in the country. Again, I'm not trying to panic you, but it's irresponsible of me not to mention this. And by the way, this isn't because of Russia. This is because of Biden. This is because of Democrats controlling Congress. They're destroying our economy. They're destroying the supply chain. It's all happened on their watch for a reason. Inflation, which we told you would occur as a result of their deficit spending. You don't have to be a brain surgeon to figure this out. Uh, You can't be a Democrat to figure this out because they do these things and then they blame everybody else. Because they're owned by their base. They're bought and paid for. The Republicans don't give a damn about their base, but the Democrats do. What you're seeing is American Marxism in action. That's what you're seeing. War on the private sector. War on specific industries that make this country run. The engine of capitalism can't work without fossil fuels. I'm sorry. There's not enough solar, not not enough uh, battery-operated socks and propeller caps to keep us warm in the winter. Less than 5% of our energy comes from solar and wind. We don't have the technology to bridge from one to the other right now. Things take time. Things develop in course. This is going to affect food supplies and food prices. It already has, but it's going to get worse. And it's going to affect the price of gasoline, and I would argue more soon the availability of gasoline. And it's going to affect electricity. As I've said, states that have tried this, California, Texas, others, have had horrible, horrible experiences. Just because eggheads or low IQ politicians are able to rally their voting base to a cause or a belief system, doesn't mean it'll work. All these people who talk about energy on TV, not one of them has ever worked in the energy field. Not one of them has ever taken a shovel and shoveled a piece of dirt, let alone help drill for oil. I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, the U.S. Constitution authorizes two forms of legitimate money, gold and silver. But our government abandoned gold and silver over 50 years ago. Meanwhile, gold and silver prices have skyrocketed over the last year and be growing political and economic uncertainty. Experts say precious metal prices are headed much higher in the months and years ahead. So to help protect my listeners, Swiss America has a very special offer. Silver walking Liberty half dollars at the amazingly low price of $12.50 each delivered. You heard me right, $12.50. 
by calling now, 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492. Silver Walking Liberty Half Dollars for just $12.50 each delivered while supplies last. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. We're going to have Bill O'Reilly on the program in a little bit. It's my buddy, which will shock some of you because over the years, he and I went at it pretty good. Well, mostly me and him, but that's all been straightened out. I actually like him. At the Reagan Library, I've spent a lot of time on the court because I think it's so crucial what's going on and the threats against the justices and the institution. It's just shocking. And how the Democrats really are not speaking out against this. And now we have a riot fence around the Supreme Court. Now we have extra protection at the Republican justices' homes. I wonder if there's a memo being put together for Merrick Garland to sign threatening protesters against justices. You think so, Mr. Producer? Governor Larry Hogan spoke at the Reagan Library on Tuesday. And I must tell you, I love the Reagan Library. I've been there many, many times. I spent a lot of time working for President Reagan in the 76 campaign, in the 80 campaign. I spent eight years of my life as a young man working in his administration. And I'm noticing that the people who are speaking at the Reagan Library are not Reaganites. They should be speaking at the Gerald Ford Library or the George W. Bush Library. In other words, what's happening to the Reagan Library is that the swamp in Washington, D.C., the man who runs the Washington Post also runs the Reagan Library and the Reagan Foundation, and he's turning it into mush. Mush. He befriended President Reagan and Mrs. Reagan. He rose from being an advanced man to a very wealthy, powerful man. I looked this morning at the board of directors there, and apart from a handful of true Reagan patriots, the vast majority of them were never Reaganites. They're money people. They're financial people. Not all, but certainly majority. All you have to do is pull it up and look. Ben Sass spoke there, Larry Hogan speaking there, Chris Christie speaking there. Reagan was not an establishment Republican. The Republican Party rejected Reagan in 68 and 76, and then in 80 he won the nomination. So this board... And the officers of this board are destroying the Reagan Library as far as I'm concerned. That's my view. 
As you know, when my books come out, I go to the Reagan Library. We have a wonderful relationship, or did. The biggest audiences come when I speak. That's not brag, that's fact. And when my books are released, we oversell the Reagan Library. We have to turn people back. And we sell out the Reagan Library in seven, eight, nine minutes. Because we're Reaganites. And we don't make any bones about it. We're conservatives and we don't make any bones about it. And most of the people who sit on that board hate Donald Trump. I think Ronald Reagan would have liked Donald Trump. May not have agreed with all the tactics and so forth, but I think he would have liked him very much. I don't think he would have cared for Larry Hogan. Here's what Larry Hogan said in part. Cut 14 at the Reagan Library. Go. The divide in our party today really isn't ideological. It's more of a difference between those who know how to win and those who only pretend that they won. You know, enough of the angry rhetoric and the grievance politics. All right, so this is, this is his view. He does not see what you see in the classrooms of America, on our southern border, in the economy, the war on the Supreme Court, the war on separation of powers, the war on the vote, the war on the filibuster rule. Larry Hogan doesn't see any of that. That's just grievance politics from people who don't know how to win. And yet, Donald Trump did win the presidency. And yet, in this coming election, we'll see who wins and who loses. No thanks to Larry Hogan. Larry Hogan didn't bring a whole bunch of Republicans in behind him when he won the governorship twice. Larry Hogan became a Democrat, running under the Republican banner. That's how it works in states like Maryland and Massachusetts and Illinois and other states. And so he goes to the Reagan Library and he peddles this pablum. Cut 15, go. We won't win back the White House by nominating Donald Trump or a cheap impersonation of him. So what he's doing there is he's not only attacking Trump, his goal is to attack DeSantis because he's been attacking DeSantis. He's been attacking DeSantis. So this guy is sort of a Romney type, a Susan Collins type, a Murkowski type. He's not going to win the presidency. He's a sort of a turd in a swimming pool, if you will. And I don't mean that personally. Just imagine it. Tell me, what has he done to advance the cause of liberty in this country? What has he said that resonates through most of the country? Anything? No. He's your typical liberal Republican, and there he is at the Reagan Library. Not at the Gerald Ford Library, not at the George W. Bush Library, but the Reagan Library. And why is he at the Reagan Library? Because they're dumbing down the history of Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan was a nice man, but he was a tough man. He was a principled man. He fought for his issues. He opposed abortion 
period, by the way. He nominated Robert Bork to the Supreme Court, by the way. He shut down the government six times under his watch to try and get spending under control and focus more spending on the United States military, by the way. He didn't accept phony peace deals with the Soviet Union. He wanted to destroy the Soviet Union, by the way. He armed freedom fighters in Africa, in our hemisphere, in Afghanistan, by the way. He supported what they would call Star Wars, a crucial defense system. The Strategic Defense Initiative, by the way. He slashed taxes across the board like we've never seen before, by the way. He's no Larry Hogan or Ben Sass. Shame on what they're doing to the Reagan Library. Shame by bringing in speakers like this who have no real principles to rally the nation around. Chris Christie, Ben Sass, Larry Hogan. And that's just the beginning of it. The grievance politics, grievance politics. That's all the Democrats are about. Without grievances, you don't have a Democrat party. Has he talked out against critical race theory? Has he talked out against what's going on in our classrooms across the country? Look at Glenn Youngkin, who won in Virginia. Larry Hogan didn't run like a Glenn Youngkin. Larry Hogan ran like a Democrat. Is that what we want, America? The future of the Republican Party? I thought we had guys like that. Kasich and uh, you name it. Go ahead. Stunned a moment ago, Mr. Chairman. The definition of insanity is doing no, the same no, no, thing no, no, over no. and over cut, again. Rich, cut 15, please. And expecting a different result. And we don't need just another typical professional politician who bends with every political wind and stands for nothing. Oh, you got to be kidding me. That's precisely you, Larry Hogan. Bends with the political wind? Boy, you folks who watched him speak, all 12 of you at the Reagan Library, I'd ask for your money back. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want, I want to welcome my friend Bill O'Reilly to the program. Bill, how are you, sir? You know, I got to thank you for the good lead-in on WABC in New York City. So I'm on right after you, and we're uh, we're doing some serious business here. You know, me and you live in. <laughs> you got it, baby. You got another killer book here. In other words, another top book, and it is a really compelling book: "Killing the Killers: The Secret War Against Terrorists." And what really pulls me in with this book is your sources. You have a lot of, I mean, serious source material in this book. Tell us about this. Top of the pops. Uh, this is the best reporting I've ever done. Somehow, I managed to convince national security advisors from Bush the Younger all the way through Trump 
to tell me what happened in the trackdowns and assassinations of the top terror leaders all over the world. So we begin with bin Laden. I put you right in the compound at Abbottabad, Pakistan, and it's a minute by minute what happened there. Then we go to Baghdadi, one of the most evil, heinous individuals ever to walk a planet, what he did to Kayla Muller, the 26-year-old Arizona humanitarian worker, raped and had her murdered. Um, and then we go to Soleimani, almost as bad as Baghdadi, who got vaporized. And the national security advisors trusted me enough to tell me exactly what happened, what is in the classified files. Now, there isn't anything in the book that hurts America. There's some controversial stuff about coerced interrogation, which we would not have found al-Baghdadi without that. As you know, it's against the law for Americans to do that, to capture suspects, to rough them up. But we contract it out. So there's a lot in this book, Killing the Killers, that Americans have no idea about. But all the national security advisors said, Mark, to me, we want the American people to know what is being done in their name. And why do they want the American people to know that? Because we are eliminating evil on this planet at a rate never before seen. We are taking these people out. We are destroying Trump destroyed ISIS. And, you know, it's funny. He doesn't really make a big deal out of that. Mm -hmm. But what the Trump administration did to ISIS is historical. And. Unfortunately, now with Biden in the Afghanistan debacle, allowed Al Qaeda to reconstitute in the northeast part of Afghanistan, which they are doing now. And ISIS is back in western Iraq and northern Syria. Now, why are they back? For one reason only to kill infidels, and Americans are at the top of that list. And what about Iran, Iran's role in so much of this? Awful. And, and again, that was another reason why these people talked to me, because they want Americans to know how evil the mullahs really are. So in every part of the Middle East and in Africa, agents from Iran who were under the control of Soleimani before we vaporized him with a missile fired from a drone, and we walk you through that minute by minute, but in every part of the Middle East and Africa, Iran is funding and arming these horrible terrorists who murder and, you know, torture, behead innocent people. And yet there's no reportage because reporters aren't on the scene. People don't know what's happening. And everything that does happen is put in a classified file. So I'll give you a good vivid example. There is right this minute campaigns in Africa involving U.S. special forces on the ground who are fighting with ISIS and Boko Haram. And we depict one firefight that's harrowing, and a number of Americans were killed. But nobody will ever know that unless they read Killing the Killers. Which, I mean, you cover so much here. It's like the comprehensive book, the book on Killing the Killers. Uh, how do you start? And, and then it's, it's, it's like it's like herding squirrels. There's so much going on in the world. How did how did you work this through? Well, I strip it down to what I want to know. 
as a journalist, mm-hmm. obviously, I follow this stuff all the time. And I wanted to know exactly what happened in the Bin Laden raid. Now, there's been a movie. There have been some books and articles. But what we got was so dramatic. And I'll just give you a taste of it. The men in the compound with bin Laden and bin Laden himself were cowards. It was the women in the compound who fought the SEALs and lost their lives. And the SEALs went through there, no casualties on the U.S. side, in the most methodical way that anybody could ever imagine. And how we got in there and got out of there is, you know, you have to keep turning the pages. So I wanted Bin Laden first. That's how we open. And we closed the book with the enormous debacle in Afghanistan when the U.S. service people were killed at Kabul. People don't know how that happened. And we got it that the terrorist was allowed to leave Bagram by the Biden administration. And this guy, two days later, blows up 18 U.S. service people. They let him out. That's mm-hmm. what's in the book, the kind of detail that's in the book. And it's interesting, uh, the way you write your books, um, they flow like novels, like this one does. You have timelines and dates, one after the other. It's almost like a movie, and yet it's real. It's a, that's a special quality. No? Did we? Oh, Lordy. Well, here it is. It's 827 and we lost Bill O'Reilly. That happens every day, doesn't it, Mr. Producer? Same time, same play. We'll get Bill back. I can't explain it. We've told our engineers over and over again, Westwood One and Cumulus, this needs to be fixed. But apparently they're not planning on fixing it. By the way, you can get this book, Killing the Killers, The Secret War Against Terrorists. It is a fantastic book. It, you will learn a lot It flows and flows, and you can get it on Amazon.com right now. Any major bookstore, Bill's books are are big hits. That's Killing the Killers, The Secret War Against Terrorists. This is not a fiction. This is a nonfiction. It's true from beginning to end, and you will learn a lot. You may think you know everything. We don't. And he really did have access to national security individuals and documents never before released. So what we're going to do is try and get Bill back and get back into this with him because uh, I'm sitting on the edge of my chair. It's one of those books that you really need to have, Killing the Killers. And Bill follows me on WABC. We're a good tag team here, and I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? 
Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. This is the Ministry of Truth. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now. 877-381-3811. The book is, it's a killer book, and I mean that. Killing the Killers, the Secret War Against Terrorists. You can get it at Amazon.com right now. Any major bookstore, you can get it. Uh, Killing the Killers. This is a, uh, it's absolutely fascinating. This is a real history book. And um, Bill is able to reveal information that hasn't been revealed before. How long did it take you to write this? About a year. And I, and I have to say something. You know, we have 19 million copies of my books in print, almost as many as you live in. No, um, I, think you out, I think you beat me. <laughs> what? I, I tell my producers that you got to get me on the Levin program because your audience, and I'm not patronizing you, I'm telling you the truth because you can see right. it we calibrate what shows I go on and, and book sales. Your audience is very well read and alert. So they yeah. follow the conversational thread. So this book um, took me about a year to write. And the breakthrough was I was able to convince all of these national security people to talk to me. And I told them, look, I'm not going to quote you and I'm not going to write anything in the book that would hurt America. What mm-hmm. I am going to do is write down what you tell me and tell it in a story that's going to engage the reader almost like a movie because I believe the American people need to know what's happening in their name. Let me give you one very vivid example. After Abu Ghraib, and that was um, the anniversary of Abu Ghraib was last week. CBS broke that story in 2004. Everybody will remember. I remember you talking about it on the radio And the left was, oh, torture doesn't work, torture doesn't work, torture doesn't work. That's what we heard, all right? Well, that's not true. Mm -hmm. Now, Congress passed a law that says if you are a member of the U.S. government or armed forces, you cannot do coerced interrogation. And we don't, but we subcontract it out to other countries. So they picked up al-Baghdadi's top courier in Turkey. Nobody knows this. The Turkish CIA grabbed them and handed them over to the American CIA. And the guy wouldn't say a word, but they knew that he was Al-Baghdadi's guy. All right? So they handed him over to the Iraqis. And the Iraqis did what the Iraqis do. And right. he gave up al-Baghdadi's location and all of his Confederates where they lived. Mm. And the SEALs and special forces went in a day later and assassinated him. And he's such a coward that he hid behind his five-year-old son. And this is is that right? The, yeah, the big rapist of, of Kayla Muller. I, I mean, when you read it, you're going to get so angry. But then you'll feel good when al-Baghdadi gets what he deserves. And the mm-hmm. Muller family who are in Arizona and probably listening to us right now, Mark, mm-hmm. they gave me access to the emails 
that ISIS sent them directly, taunting them. Jeez. Taunting them. Can you believe this? Mm. Kind of evil? And, and poor Taylor know, winds up murdered. Yeah, that's well horrific. My question to your audience tonight, I don't believe in torture. I think one man and one man only, or a woman, the president of the United States, has to have the power to okay it. Because if it's your daughter mm-hmm. in al-Baghdadi's hands, what would you do? I would want them tortured. And you're exactly right. And I think this is uh, really quite absurd. That when you're up against terrorists, they're called terrorists for a reason. That you can't go outside the box in dealing with them. I'll tell you something, Bill. I had a grandfather who was in the Marines and uh, fought at Guadalcanal canal and fought at iwo jima and he told me and he didn't talk much about it that they could hear it in the night how the japanese were torturing our marines who they captured and so they started torturing the japanese in order to bring an end to this and to some extent it worked all those marines today would be brought up on charges all of them that's right and I don't you know, know how we win wars. I don't. I don't know how we win wars if these are animals. These terrorists. Go right ahead. But the United States now, even under Biden, the professionals that were in place under Trump that dismantled ISIS are still there in the CIA and the NSA. So we're very well protected with unbelievable weaponry and surveillance overseas. The problem is our southern border. Now, people, they get confused. Overseas, those terrorists are under the CIA's charge. That's the agency that protects us. Inside the country, it's the FBI and Homeland Security. But Homeland Security is run by a guy named Mayorkas who couldn't even run a Motel 6. (laughs) So we do have a vulnerability down there as terrorists infiltrate across the Rio Grande and into Arizona and California is a, it's a real deficit down there. And the president of the United States doesn't really seem to care about the drugs, the terrorists, the migrants coming over who are abused themselves. Doesn't really care about it. it I've never really seen anything like this. Have you? No, no. And I, and you know, well, there's many reasons, I guess, for that. What do you think the main reason is to be, so so irresponsible and go to bed at night knowing these things are going on. He has not even been there. And he sent Kamala down there for about 20 minutes. She was outside El Paso and then skedaddled back to L.A. So the question you ask is a good one. Why wouldn't a president who knows the chaos and the debacle that's going on take an interest in stopping it? Now I'm going to tell you something that nobody knows. Are you ready for that? Yes, sir. Donald Trump. About four years ago, I had a conversation, and you know I know him for a long time. Oh, yeah. And he was very frustrated about not being able to get the border wall up and the continuing flow of migrants into America. Trump was crazed about it. He said, what would you do? He's talking to me. And I said, I would designate the drug cartels, the people smugglers in Mexico as terrorists. Once a president does that, then the United States can blow the hell out of them 
and send in special forces to kill them once you're designated a terror group. So Trump took that to Obrador and said, if you don't put the Mexican army on the northern and southern borders of your country, we're going to designate the cartels as terrorists and go in without your permission and destroy them. Wow. A week later, guess who is on the southern border and the northern border of Mexico? The mm-hmm. army. That stopped the mass migration. And the deal was made, and Trump's the best deal maker in the world, was don't do it, don't embarrass me, this is what Obrador is saying, and I'll stop the migrant flow. The day Biden was inaugurated, the Mexican army left the borders. I've never said that to anybody on any show. It's absolutely true, and um, that's the kind of information that I know about in the terror arena. Well, it's brilliant. And uh, I always wondered why. Why why all of a sudden the Mexicans agreed to use their army when they wouldn't agree before? Now you've just told us why, because we were going to use our special forces otherwise. That's very, right. very and drone weaponry. Yeah. And the other thing is Putin. This is why killing the killers is so relevant. In my neighborhood, a lot of people are really frightened because Putin might use nukes. The reason that Putin won't use nukes is because we have these satellite drone space weapons, which were developed under Trump because he spent a massive amount of money upgrading the military. Well, nobody knew where that money went. It went into the space weaponry that whacked Soleimani. Here's another thing you'll learn from Killing the Killers. Our drones 50 miles up in space can read the name of a golf ball on the ground. Amazing. That's the kind of surveillance and weaponry we have. And it should make Americans feel better because Putin knows we have these weapons. He does not have them. China does not have them. And that acts Mm -hmm. as a constraint for this crazy Putin. Well, let me tell you, this book is filled with information like this. It is incredibly important, folks. I really enjoyed this book. I want you to get a copy of the book. Killing the Killers, The Secret War Against Terrorists by our buddy Bill O'Reilly and his sidekick, Martin Dugard. And uh, how's life generally? You know, I'm running, I'm running my own news organization. We got TV. We got radio. And again, I want to thank you for the great lead in to my nine o'clock program on WABC. We have 300 other stations where I do a Paul Harvey uh, type program during the day. Um, we've got 19 million copies of my books in print. So I'm the luckiest guy in the world. And I'm lucky because I couldn't have done this in any other country in the world. I'm from Levittown, Long Island. Um, No uncle in the business, just like you, Levin. And look where we are. That is the beauty of America. The opportunity that we all have. Well, you know, we don't do this enough. We have to do this more often. You and I. Anytime, and I want you fuck yeah. I just want you guys seriously, this is a this is a hot book. Killing the Killers, The Secret War Against Terrorists. You can go right on Amazon.com right now. They've got it in inventory. Order you'll get it tomorrow or the next day. Wonderful book for patriotic mothers out there too. 
Amazon.com, or if you happen to be in the bookstores in the evenings or or this weekend, go get your copy. Are you going to do any signings or no? You know, I don't do them because um, just like you at the Reagan Library, you know what happens. Yeah. So, and, you know, I don't want anybody pulling a Dave Chappelle on me. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not safe out there anymore. And uh, it's not. you got loons yeah. everywhere, man. No, it's the loon do. platoon. They're all over the place. Yeah, sure, true. Crazy. All right, man. If you go to BillOReilly.com, we have signed books for everybody. And, um, you know, I really can't thank you enough, Mark. Um, You're really very kind uh, to put me on and and let me talk about the book. and And it means a lot. And I thank you again. It's my honor. You're very compelling. Very interesting. Very entertaining, Bill. That's BillOReilly.com if you want a signed copy. BillOReilly.com or Amazon.com if you just want a, an unsigned copy. And whatever you do, get a copy. Bill, God bless, brother. See you soon. All right, man. He is a fun guy. I know, I know. But take my words for it. A good guy. Where am I, Mr. Producer? All right. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Guess who's coming on this show next week? Tyrus. I never met Tyrus. I think the guy's brilliant, by the way. And he's got a fascinating background. So we'll have Tyrus on next week. It's always great having Bill O'Reilly on. You can see how smart he is, how entertaining and engaging he is. 19 million books. I don't come close to that. He was very modest. This uh, movie that Dinesh D'Souza has put together, 2,000 Mules, um, my wife and my mother-in-law saw it last evening and said it was unbelievable. They said it was unbelievable. Now, I'm in the Sunshine State, and I'm heading to the uh, big Democrat rain state tomorrow, New Jersey, uh, for Mother's Day. I'll be coming back to the Sunshine State on Monday. But United Airlines has already put out a statement saying, there could be thunderstorms, so you might be delayed. What, excuse me? So they're already out front. I'll let you know what happens. I mean, I'm going to be landing four hours before the show if they're on time, which they should be. I looked at the weather, too. So they make up this stuff. Unfortunately, who's in charge of these schedules or what do they got nerds in like a, uh, a windowless room? I've always wondered about that. But just tell the truth as far as I'm concerned. That's good enough. So I'll be flying the not-so-friendly skies. That's what I'll be doing. And uh, I wanted to mention Ukraine. I didn't mention it last night, so I wanted to say this before we go off the air. It looks like the Russian offensive has slowed. Now, when I read something like that, I get a little concerned that people will say, okay, they have it in the bag. No, that's not right. It has slowed. The Ukrainians need to defeat the Russians. The Putin wing of the media says, we've gotten into a war. We haven't gotten into a war. I don't know what they expect us to do with Russia or China or Iran. Insane. 
It's they who are on a suicide mission. Don't drag the rest of us with you. And so the Ukrainians, you got to love these people. you got to love how they're fighting. And their government is not corrupt. They elected their president. I mean, their election was, as, was probably more, more legit than ours, quite frankly, in many respects, as far as I'm concerned. But we need to continue to arm these people, and they need to defeat the Russians. And the Russians, you know, you see the stories. They're practicing with nukes and so forth. You heard Bill O'Reilly. We can put an end to that before they fire them off the ground. But there's other things we can do, too, which I'm not at liberty to explain. But here we are. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our truckers, and, of course, our friends and patriots in Ukraine. And most of all, we celebrate you. I'll see you tomorrow. 